0: The work. Okay, so uh, obviously we haven't been going through the entire book, but um, it, as you get past here, it gets kind of monotonous. Like, okay, this tribe gets this inheritance, and this tribe gets this inheritance, and by the time I got done with that, it might just be Paige in here listening to me talk about it. So there's a reason we're transitioning out. We've kind of got through what I wanted to get through, and uh, I'm looking forward to 1 Corinthians, but... It's kind of a weird spot to stop because it's all been victory and obedience, victory and obedience, all these things that God can do, and then we end up on this kind of sour note. But you know what? Sometimes we have to have some sober reminders in the Word of God because God doesn't play around with sin, right? He, he really doesn't. God doesn't allow you to play around with sin. You know, what, what's the, the saying that we always tell our kids, uh, especially uh, our kids who like to play with fire sometimes, like you play with fire and what's going to eventually happen. You will eventually get burned. It's just, it just happens. And you know, it, it, it there's no way around it. Right. Uh, I've been, uh, so most of you guys know we do, remodeling stuff. We do new construction stuff anyway. Uh, so Tyler does all of our plumbing. I do all of our electrical stuff. It's just the way we've always done it. And, uh, you know, it, it just takes too much time, I guess, and this is just me being me, to go to the panel and turn everything off. We have stuff going on, so uh, I was rewiring all the devices in this house this week, and it's like, you can only play with electricity for so long before you will get shocked. It just happens. Like, it, it's just part of it. And, you know, 110 doesn't kill you, and so it just makes you tingle for a while, and, you know, but it's just, it's the same thing, like... I promise you can do it for so long. Caleb can tell you he's he, he's more into this stuff than I am. Like you can only play with it for so long before you will eventually get burned. And you know, this is kind of a reminder in Joshua chapter 7 that you can only play around with sin in your life for so long before not only you but your entire family will get burned. And so that's kind of what we're getting at. I don't want to end like this, but you know what? Sometimes you know, you need to know the truth of what's going on. And so uh Joshua chapter 7 uh, so, last week, the last couple of weeks, we were going through um, just some reminders, some you know red flags that maybe like, Hey, there's something going on. I feel like I'm drifting away. And so we went through all that. I don't want to go back and reteach it. If you want to, you can go back and catch it on the, the recording, the podcast, or however they do that. I don't know. I just know that I turn the recorder in, and it magically gets back in my box, uh, all nicely tidied up. And so I'm like, apparently it's going somewhere. I don't know. I don't go back and listen to it, but uh, I know some people do. So anyway... You go go through that, and so we we wrap this whole thing up. So there were all these different kind of signs that, you know, you might be drifting from the Lord. And then I had just the one answer that God has for uh, the whole thing. And so in verse 10, Joshua, he's been like, they've been defeated in Ai, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Maybe we should have just stayed in Egypt. We were better off as slaves, all these different things, right? And then you get to verse 10, and this was the, the Lord's answer to the whole thing. And the Lord said unto Joshua, I'm sorry. You know, we should have. You should have won. No, he's just like, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? All right, and that's kind of the answer. When you find yourself kind of drifting, when you find yourself in a bad spot, you know what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you to like go to self help. He doesn't want you to, you know, wallow around. it. he doesn't. He, he wants you to get up. You've been called to a higher purpose. If you're saved today, like, you have the answer in your hand. Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? And uh, so let's just let's go, let me just read through this really, or some of this anyway. Uh, and Israel has sinned. Like that's, he's just like, that's the answer. Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and they have also stolen and disassembled also. And they have put even it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before the enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. So we get through the whole thing. They lost in battle. Why? Because somebody sinned, right? And so here's what I've got for you today. I've got five facts about hidden sin in your life. Or really, it could just be about sin in general. It doesn't have to be hidden sin. You can be outright about it. You know, Sometimes when you're outright about it, though, there's not quite as much guilt that goes with it. But uh, five facts about hidden sin in your life. Because that's what's going on here. Uh, we find out that the dude took some stuff that he shouldn't have taken. And you know, it, it, what, is, what does the Bible say? A little, little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. It doesn't take much. right? If you're making unleavened bread, uh, it doesn't take much for it not to be unleavened anymore. You know, And it, it, it spreads throughout the body. So the first fact about hidden sin in your life in those verses that I just read is sin will keep you from standing in the Lord. It really will. Now, you might think, you know what? I've got something going on in my life and nobody knows about it. And I'll I'll figure it out. It's not that big of a deal. I promise uh, it will keep you from standing in the Lord. You might be able to go to work every day. You might have your wife fooled. You might have your kids fooled. You might have your husband fooled. You might have me fooled. I don't care. Who am I? Right? It's not up to me. Uh, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place. It doesn't say the eyes of me are in every place. Like, I honestly, if you want to act like an idiot stick and, and do what you ought not do, that's on you. Like, I can only tell you the truth. Like, if you're thirsty and you're dying of thirst, I can give you water. I'm not going to make you drink it. Like At the end of the day, if you don't drink it, that's on you. Like, I want you to drink it. I want you to. I I, I want you to be better, right? But... I can't make you do it. So I can tell you the truth of God's word, right? And I can, like, even, like, massage it in the best way that I can. I can, like, try to, you know, what's, what do they say? Uh, a little sugar makes the medicine go down. I can try my best to get it where it needs to go. But like, at the end of the day, if you're not going to take it, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to do. Like, it's going to keep you from standing in the Lord, right? Uh, they can't stand in battle because why? Because there's sin in the camp. There's nothing that they can do about it, right? Proverbs 12, uh, uh, 12 verse 7 says, The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. You want to be able to stand, right? Only the house of the righteous can be able to stand. Now, who in here could be like, yeah, my life is righteous? Now, I'm not saying that we need to be righteous. I'm just saying if you've got something going on in your life, and I don't know what it is, right? I don't know. I, I can't hardly keep my own life figured out most of the time. We're running... I don't even know how many different ways, and like, it's not my job to know what's going on in your life. But it is your job to know. Like, hey, if I've got something going on, there is no fellowship, there is no uh, moving forward with the Lord, and the house of the righteous shall stand. Ephesians chapter six. This is a uh, a passage most of you guys know, but I'm going to read through it and just just li- listen for the word "stand" because that's what, if you want to be able to stand in the Lord, this is how you do it. It says, "Put on." The whole armor of God. Now we know the whole armor of God is what? You know, it's the, the helmet and the breastplate and your feet are shot. Like all the different things, right? I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But like, like we know what that is. And it, it, it's all representative of something that you can have in the Lord. and Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take you... Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, in verse 14, having your loins good or with truth, having upon the breastplate of righteousness. It goes on from there. Man, if you want to be able to stand in the Lord, I'm not even talking about going to battle. I'm just talking about like, do you ever feel like some days it's like, I just can't even get out of bed. I don't even feel like if I even, like I'm going to get up and I'm going to go through the motions today because that's all I can do at this point. It's because you can't stand. You know, you want to be able to stand in the Lord. You want to be able to, you know, claim righteousness in your life. You want to be able to be like, yeah, I'm I'm living it out. Now, I understand. There's times you're going to stumble. I'm not saying that we're perfect. Like, I stumble. But what I'm telling you is if there's some sort of sin in your life, you will not be able to stand. You can't do it. Right? And you might be like, watch me. And I'm like, okay, be careful tempting the Lord. You know, I've seen people. I, it's not that big a deal. I've, I've got this, right? I'm like, okay. And what, what is, what's the old saying? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You know, the bigger your pride is, and the more you think that it can't happen to you, man, it, it happens, like, to the best of them. Like, people that I never thought, like, never would have thought. You you, you always hear pastors say that. Like, and there were, there were guys that, you know, I watched fall, and I'm like, well, I, when I was young in the Lord, I was like, oh, I don't know who you're following, but the guys I'm following, these guys are solid. And sure enough, like, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So be careful when you have that. You wanna, you wanna be able to stand in the Lord, right? You're not gonna do that with sin in your life. You just can't, right? They go to battle, and, and God's like, "Get up off your face, man!" Because you, you you didn't win battle. You didn't win in battle. You got your little tails whooped at AI by a bunch of like very lesser people, right? Um, there's something else going on in the world right now that's kind of similar, but. Uh, by a lesser people that are that are they're holding their, their own. Well, guess what? It's because you can't stand. You've got sin in the camp. You're not going to be able to stand. So that's the first fact. I really do want to get through this this. So I'm going to move pretty quickly. So sin will keep you from standing in the Lord. Uh, the last verse I want to give you, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. Right? Stand fast in the faith. That's what you got to do. Okay, the second. Fact about hidden sin in your life. These aren't even like things that I think are going to happen. Like these are things I know as facts. I've seen them in my life. I've seen them in your life. I've seen them in a lot of people's lives. These are facts. These aren't just like it might happen. This is the next fact right out of the word. Sin will never let you have peace. Sin will never let you have peace. And you might be like, well, what do you mean? You're always looking over your shoulder. You're always wondering if somebody knows. You're always wondering when somebody's going to find out. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. There is no peace. Right? You may be like, I don't even know what peace is. Well, I'm just telling you peace is in the Lord. And if you are got some sort of sin in your life, some sort of issue, there is no peace. Now, you can put two and two together to figure out why that is. There is no peace. It goes on uh, to say in verse 13, Says up, this is the Lord still talking, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel, thou canst not stand before thy enemies until you uh, take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall stand, uh, or, sorry, uh, "...therefore uh, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord uh, shall take shall come according to their family thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by their households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come uh, man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought falling in Israel." You got something going on in your life? You got something that you think, oh I'm going to get it taken care of. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's not it's not bad, you know. Nobody knows all these different things. There's no peace. Right? Word starts getting around the camp. God's going to let this thing out. He's going to let the cat out of the bag, right? And all of a sudden, I'm guaranteed we'll find out the guy's name is Aiken. Achan. Aiken's like surely not surely there's no way this thing is hidden better than anything can be hidden you ever had something in your in your in your life that you're like nobody will know there's no way like god's the only person that'll know and like there's no way i promise aiken there was no peace because words getting around that god's going to reveal it you know words getting around that the sin is going to be found out and he's there's no peace i promise aiken hanging out in his tent that night he's probably thinking no way Really, there's no way that this could work out. There's no peace in that. Right? Isaiah 48, 22 says, There is no peace, saith the Lord unto the wicked. Uh, there's there's no better way to put that. There is no peace, saith the Lord unto the wicked. If you've got something going on, and I don't know, maybe y'all are like perfectly clean. I hope you are. Like I, I really do. Uh, take this and give it to somebody else. Right? I don't know. But I'm just saying, if you've got something going on in your life, or if you've had something going on in your life, you're tracking with me, like... There's no peace. Like you might have everybody fooled. You might think that it's not that big of a deal. I promise, there's no peace. You're always wondering. I wonder if they know. I wonder if like they're tipped off to it. I wonder if like how would how would they know? And like there's always question. There's always because there's no peace, right? Aiken's got to be thinking. No way. No way. Nobody knows about this. Like, they were all in battle. They didn't even see me take it. I've got this thing hidden so well. There's no way that this thing can be found out. There's no peace. That's a fact about hidden sin in your life. Number three, verse 16 to 18. Sin will always find you out. So, first off, there's no peace. Well, the next thing you need to know, sin will always find you out. I promise. You might think, no, never. Like, anybody in here want to be like, I thought never too, and guess what happened? Uh... You know, it's like the snowball rolling down the hill. It doesn't seem so bad at first. The farther it gets down, the bigger it gets. Then all of a sudden, it's like I can't stop this, right? Have you ever had something going on and it's just like it's not that big of a deal, and then all of a sudden it's like this is out of control, right? So I uh, this week I when at this job we were doing. Um, I told the people uh, we would haul off all of the stuff that can't burn, but we'd burn everything else. He's like, it's no big deal. I got this burn pile outside. So it's like, it was a big burn pile. Well, I don't know if you know, it's been pretty dry around here. I mean, it thing's kind of wet, but it's been pretty dry. And I'm like, I got to get this thing burnt. We're almost done with this job. It was kind of windy. And it's like... Have you ever been in that 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 spot where it's like, okay, I'm gonna burn this, and you start it, and it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, and then there's always that time when it like really goes, and it's like, this could be really bad really quickly, like this could get really bad. And it was all good, you know. I made sure I did it on a day that it was wet, and we had it contained, but like, it, this could get bad really quickly. Uh, Brenton of, You ever you ever had that thought, Brenton? This could get bad really quickly. You know, there was there was a time when we were building our house. Brenton was much younger, much less wise. I'll say that. Oh, you're already <laughs> starting the story. Bro. Okay, well <laughs> Brandon is not the name that should start. Okay. Both of my boys, one of which isn't here, so we're gonna use the one that is here as an example, uh we're burning a small pile of trash when we were building our house. Not a big deal. Uh page and then went out uh they did their thing and page is like hey we're leaving for the day it was like the one day that they weren't out there uh the, the entire day so anyway uh is the fire out yeah it's good uh not a big deal so they go back home uh, where we were living at the time uh so i go out there after work that day it's like four or five in the afternoon i've got stuff to do you know I'm going out there every day after work to, to work on the house and like that's like smoke everywhere i like, in the world so I like I get there and like the entire pasture is burnt. Like I don't know if you know back behind our house there's all these woods. Like the woods are on fire, not like the trees, but like this thing this is stuff that's been overgrown for years. Like the leaves are this deep. What do you think's going on? And I'm like how is this going to work? So I call page and I'm like, "Get the boys. We got like we got to get this thing put out." So we spend hours and I got the thing almost put out. You know, it's just a grass fire. It's in the brush. Well, then the wind picks up. Like right at dusk the wind picks up and then you have that moment where it's just like I can't control this anymore. Like when the wind picks up and there's fire, like, there were showers of sparks off of these dead trees that it had burnt, and it was just like showering. I'm like, this, I'm gonna burn somebody's house down. And I don't even live near anybody. Like, that's how bad this is gonna get. And, like, there comes a time when you're just like, I can't stop this anymore. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, with sin in your life, you might think it's not that big of a deal. I've got this under control. I can stop anytime I want. Uh, it's not, and then it, there becomes a point where it's just like, I can't even stop this. Thing. I, it's out of control. Sorry, yeah, it, there's nothing I can do. Sin is like that in life. You might think it's not that big. It's just little. It's it just one time, or it's just a couple. It's, I I have the say whether this happens or not. This happens a lot with addiction or things like that. Like I can say no anytime I want, and then there has to come a time where you're just like, I really I have no control over this. Like it is it is completely gone. Like if I don't call the fire department, uh, I. It doesn't matter. I'm going to have to sell everything I got because I'm going to burn somebody else's house down, right? Or whatever it is. You're going to tear up. That's what happens. It goes on to say uh, in, in verse 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes just like God told him to do. Just like war was going around the camp. Hey, this is going to happen. Brought them by their tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family, uh, the family of Judah and he took the family of the Zerites and brought the family of the Zerites man by man and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household uh, man by man and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah was taken. Like, wouldn't you know it? Like, God reveals whatever's going on, right? Um, yeah, so let's stop there. So, like, your sin will always find you out. You might think it's, it really isn't, eventually it will. Uh, anybody, I'm, I'm not going to ask you anybody to testify, like, but I guarantee everybody, there's a time like, it, it will find you out, no matter what. You might think it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, there, there always comes a point, go to any uh, addiction recovery thing, go to any person who's ever fought with any kind of, there always comes a point when you realize, I no longer have control. Like, that's the first step of recovery. I don't even... I've never been to addiction recovery, but I'm just guessing that's the first step. Realizing you have a problem. It's the first step of salvation. Realizing you're not saved. Right? You'll never get saved if you realize you aren't. Like, And you might like, well, that's very simple. Well, guess what? That That's in American Christianity, and in, in the American culture we live in, like, that's the first step you have to get over. The first hurdle you have to cross in leading somebody to Christ is making sure they understand that they're not saved. Right? That they weren't born into it. Any of those things. And so... You have to understand, your sin will always find you out. Numbers 32, verse 23. This is right after the story where... uh, it's actually leading up into the book of Joshua when uh, the two-and-a-half tribes are like, you know what? Why don't we just take our inheritance on this side of Jordan? They're talking to Moses before Moses dies, and he's like, uh, how about no? And they're like, no, it'll be good. We'll go to battle with you, and it's all good. And he's like, okay, fine. That's what you want. Like if if you're going to settle on this side, that's fine, but you're going to battle with us. Uh, and if you don't do that, uh, then there's going to be an issue. And so at the very end of that whole uh, conversation in Numbers 20, 32 23, it says, but if... You will not do so. Behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Moses is like, guess what? You can tell me all you want. You can put on a good front to your husband, to your wife, or to your kids, or to your 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 job, or whatever it is that you got going on. You can put on a good front to the pastor at church or whatever else. I promise, your sin will find you out. It always does. Like there is no other way to put it other than that. It just it's what happens. Right? And so you have no control over it. You might think you do, and like, that's exactly where the devil wants you. The devil wants you to think, I can stop whenever I want. The devil wants you to think it's not that big of a deal. The devil wants you to think that you have all the control in the world because guess what? You have none. And the longer you think that you do, the more he has a control over you. Your sin will always find you out. That's what happens in the story here. Pick up at verse 19. Uh, so it's going on, and so Joshua said unto Achan, so he's got the guy figured out. My son, give. I pray thee, glory to the Lord of Israel and make confession unto him and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua, man, I didn't do nothing, man. No, he's like at this point, he knows he's guilty. There ain't no way that he was picked out of all the people, the hundreds of thousands of people that are in uh, the, the nation of Israel at this point. Like one guy, he's like, yeah, there ain't no hiding this thing. I'm, I'm found out. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a, good, uh, a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, uh, 50 shekels of weight. Then I coveted them and I took them and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So they go into Jericho. They go into battle to do their thing. They're not supposed to take anything. It's all consecrated to the Lord. So he sees some stuff. He's like, that's that's pretty nice stuff. It's like, I, I kind of like, want, I want some of that stuff. And he's like, you know what? I, I need some. I, I worked hard. I've marched around this city like a bunch of times. Like I deserve this, right? And so he takes it, he hides it. Nobody sees it. He thinks he's good to go, right? Number four. The fourth fact about hidden sin in your life. Sin knows how to make you fall. Sin knows how to make you fall. You might be like, what does that mean? Uh, who, who is the author of sin? Because it's not really sin that's going to make you fall, but who, who is the author of sin? Uh, that's going to be the devil. God did not desire for anything to be unclean, right? But uh, the devil says, hey, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, the devil, the adversary, the punk, whatever you want to call him, uh, he not only knows how, but he will make you fall. He wants you to think you've got it under control just to rub your face in it, right? Just for long enough for you to be miserable, then he'll be like, oh, no, it's okay. You can have control again, just so he can do it again. And that's, that's the cycle, of sin that's what happens he thinks you you think you got control man he he finds you out he makes you miserable just long enough to like bring you back up and then you do it again and it's just it's the same cycle over and over again man the lost world sounds fun doesn't it no it's it's a joke man that's that's the lost world sin knows how to make you fall what is it? You see it right here. You see it over and over again throughout the Bible. You see it in so many stories when there's sin involved. It's the same thing. It's the lust of the eyes. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the pride of life over and over and over again, man. First John two sixteen says for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. Right. Your sin, it, it will find you out and it will make you fall. Satan knows how to make you fall. What's it say? I have it underlined in my Bible because it's just like it's it's too clear for you not to see it. He says, when I saw. So I see it. This is this is American culture right here. Right. I see it among the spoils. Right. And then it goes on and it says, I coveted them. So I see it. I want it. And then he's like, I took it. I see it. I want it. I must have it. Right. That's the American way, man. Man, just put it on credit. It's fine. You deserve it, man. You work hard. It's, it's no big deal. Right? I see it. I want it. I got to have it. Well, I mean, that, you might be like, that's not that big of a deal. It's just a new truck, right? Well, what about when it's somebody else's wife? I see it. I want it. I must have it. Like, oh, that, that's where you draw the line? It, it's covetousness, guys. That's what it is. I see it. I want it. I must have it. And I'm not saying having new things is a bad thing. I'm not even saying that financing things is a bad thing. You know, you've got to be a good steward. We'll get into that later this year when we talk about <coughs> just financial stewardship and whatnot. But the point is, like, when it becomes covetousness, when it becomes, I deserve this, like, this is not in my notes, you know what you deserve? You deserve hell, right? Because you were born a sinner. and That's what you deserve. And God gives you grace enough to save your wretched soul. And so, anytime you think, I deserve this, man, you need to remember what you really deserve. right? You were born wicked, and you had no control over it. but guess what? That's what you deserve. God chose to make a way for you to be saved. Like, it's okay to have nice things, but anytime we start to think, oh, I deserve this, I work hard, I do this, like, that was me when I was lost, man. I I, I like to work hard and I like to play hard. You'll never have anybody accuse me of not working hard, I promise. Like, to a fault. So much so that I wish I wasn't like that because it, like, eats at me, right? I can't even sleep at night sometimes because I'm like, I got things I got to get done. And I, like, you won't find somebody that, like, accuses me of not working hard to a fault, you know? But then when I was lost, it was like, oh but yeah, I deserve all the good that comes with it. Man, I worked for it, I can have it all. You've got to be careful. Especially as a saved man or a woman, like don't ever get caught in the I deserve this. Like, you know what you deserve? Like the Bible's very clear what you deserve. It's God's mercy, it's God's grace that gives you what you don't unmerited favor that gives you what you don't deserve. And so that's why we apply Romans twelve, one and two to our lives and we say, you know what, I I, I deserved that. But instead, I got this, so I'm just going to give him everything, because you know what? If if it wasn't for God in the first place, like I would have nothing. I would I would be in the lake of fire. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him my entire life. You know, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice, not just a little bit of it, all of it. That's how that works, guys. And so it it will always find you out. It knows how to make you fall uh, really quick. Flip back over to Genesis. So you can do this over and over and over again in the Bible. It's the same cycle. It's the same pattern. Like Satan doesn't—he doesn't even have to try to change like his his playbook. You know, you would think over time, uh, in over history, people will be like, "Okay, I see what he's going to do here, and I'm going to like put up defenses." And so then Satan would have to like counterattack. Like, we haven't even figured out the first one. He does it over and over and over again. This is the first time he does it. does it again in Joshua. I could show you ten other places in the Bible. I see it. I want it. I must have it, right? So, I'm just telling you because nobody else in history has been smart enough to figure it out. Maybe y'all can. Like, this is how he's going to attack. So, I'm going to block this one and maybe I'll at least have to counterattack. Genesis chapter 3. Satan comes rolling in as a snake, except for he's not really a snake. This is in the kid's book, right? He comes rolling in, looking like whatever you want him to look like. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which uh, the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said? Are you sure that's what God said? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may uh, eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Don't add to the word of God, lest you die. Uh, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day that you eat thereof that your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So here's what happens. The devil's got, got her on the hook already. And when the woman, what did she do? She saw it. Saw that the tree was good for food, and it was present to the eyes, desired to be able to make one wise. she took the fruit of it. So she saw it, she wanted it, it was going to be pleasant. It was desired, and she took it, took thereof, and did eat, gave it to her husband also. You know. We always want to blame Eve, like, hey, Eve's the first sinner. You know, yeah, her husband did a really good job of like covering her here, didn't he? Did a really good job of protecting her. No, no, honey, we can't do that. Uh, he's like, okay, sure, why not? You know, he, he's just as, like, it uh, drives me crazy. Oh, yeah, she sinned first. No. Yeah, he was doing a really good job of protecting his wife, wasn't he? Careful, guys. Um, the same pattern over and over and over again. Satan knows how to make you fall. So if you're telling yourself, with whatever it is in your life, it's not that big of a deal. I've got it under control. I can stop anytime I want. Nobody will ever know. Like I can just continue down the list. There's, it's the saying the same thing. Satan knows how to make you fall. And he will. And it's just like how bad how, how big is the fall gonna be? Because the longer you go, you might be like, man, I've been doing this for like a week and now I'm already getting called out on it. I don't even know what it is. I've been doing this for a month, and now here it is called I've been doing this for five years. I've been doing this. This has been something in my life for ten years. Ain't nobody found out about it. It's never going to be found out. I promise, the longer it goes, the harder you will fall. And the worse it's going to look when you do. Right? Why does it look so bad when a pastor falls? Because everybody thought there was no way he could. You know? A, a, a new member of the church who's been here for a month does the same thing that uh, maybe a pastor does when he falls. And we're like, yeah, that's what happens. It's just casualty of war. Right? But when a pastor does it, we're like, oh, it never could have happened. It's because it went on for so long, right? They knew better. I promise, if you've got something going on, and I don't know what it is, you all know how to take care of it. You repent, you get right, and you move on. Like, you just lay it down and you move it. You move on. You don't, like... Here's what happens. We got this little thing at the front of the, the congregation up there. It's a little step, right? It's not really a step to get on the stage. It's called an altar. And, you know, back in the day, people actually used the altar because, you know, it's a biblical thing. You come, you kneel down and you lay things down at the altar, right? Now, I'm not being like, lay down your pack of smokes or your crack pipe or whatever else you got. I don't know what you got in your pockets, but I don't mean like lay stuff down on the altar. You go and you lay your sin down at the altar and you walk away, Right? But there's a song by Casting Crowns, and you might be like, I don't like Christian music, but Casting Crowns is pretty legit. Uh, They got a song that I really love, and it's called, uh, uh, how does it go? It's called The Altar and the Door. You know, and basically he's, he's just like, I don't want to lose my follow through between the altar and the door. I was so serious when I came and I laid down my sin at the altar, but then somewhere between the altar and the door of the church, man, I picked it back up. Like, that's what happens. You didn't lay nothing down, it was all a show. Like, the altar's there to lay stuff down. You want to get right? And this isn't even in here. Y'all know how to get right. You repent. You lay it down and you move on. Too often we're like, yeah, I'm going to lay my sin down. But then we get up and we're like, yeah, I'm going to throw it back in my backpack. I might need it later. You know? No, that's not. You're not laying nothing down. Like, lay it down. Move on. You're, the Satan knows how to make you fall. Okay, i got to keep moving. And here's what happens. So, he calls him out. He's like, yeah, I saw it. I wanted it. I took it. And he, here's, the, here's the consequence. Because guess what? When sin is found out, there's consequence. It might not be that big of a deal, right? It might be a huge deal. I don't know what it is. I'm just telling you sin has consequences. And let's read through this and you might be like, well, that's kind of crazy. Well, we'll wrap it up. Verse 22, so Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and behold, it was hid under his tent and the silver under it, just like he said. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, and they killed him. No, that's not what it says. They took him and all the stuff that he stole, and then what's it say? And his sons... And his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had, and brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and burnt them with fire, after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised him over a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of the place is called the valley of Achor unto this day. So I know what you're thinking. That's not going to happen. Like, if I'm in sin, y'all ain't going to kill my family. You're right, we're not. That's not how this works. Old Testament and New Testament, they're completely different. Old Testament law, New Testament law, they're completely different. But I'll pretty much tell you it's the same thing. And here's what I mean. Here's the last fact about sin in your life, about hidden sin in your life. Sin will destroy everything you love in the end. Sin will destroy everything you love in the end. Yeah, you, you know what? You're you found out doing something you shouldn't have been doing. You're right. I'm not going to we're not going to take your kids, your wife, you know. We're not going to throw the baby out with bathwater as the old saying goes. But you know what? You've already destroyed them. You've destroyed everything that they thought was good. You've destroyed everything that they knew, right? We don't have to stone them and burn them with fire. You've already done it. Right? You've already marred them. I think of pastor's kids after a, a pastor falls. Like and They were already questioning whether it was real or not. And then, like, it's just, it's a joke to them. And not only is is the guy who fell marred, but like their family is too. And like, everything you love will be torn up in the end. The longer you think it's not that big of a deal, the longer you think I've got this under control, the longer whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, man, I had an argument with my wife on the way here, and I need to get this taken care of because I don't need none of this in my life. You're right. You should probably take care of that. Or whatever it is. I'm talking about the smallest thing up to something that maybe has been going on in your life since the day you got saved. I'm just like, I'm not saying. I'm just saying this is for real. Like this isn't just a story, and I'm trying to like over publish it because that's what we're talking about. Like, I could have just moved on after, you know, the battle of Jericho and we could have rolled right into Corinthians. It wouldn't have been a big deal. But there's something about this story. And every time that I read it, that it's just like, man, there's something here. Like, you fall and, and your family falls with you. They really do. Even if it's just like, like say you fall, say, say a man falls in, like, some sort of sexual sin or some sort of adultery or whatnot. Like, so they end up getting divorced. Like, she fell with him. Like, the devil won. You might be like, no, she didn't fall. She got away from that jerk. I almost said something I shouldn't have. Uh, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> like, That's not right. Forgive me, Lord. I'm just saying, like, the devil won. The marriage is broken. Fellowship was broken. Like, the devil won. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, casualties of war are a real thing in a spiritual battle. You might be like, what are you talking about? Hey, like, think about, we did this just... Last weekend, it was weird. We're talking about people that used to be here at HBF, people that we were close to that we knew, and for whatever reason they moved on. And like, come to find out, like almost all of them are divorced for whatever reason. And like, man, that's messed up. It, it's because the devil won. You allowed whatever to happen, circumstances happen, and, and you allowed the devil. There are casualties of war. Like, he wants divorce, he wants broken families, he wants sin in your life. And you might be like, it's not that big of a deal. It's only me. It has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with my kids or my wife or my husband or whatever. Like, I'm promise. Sin will destroy everything you love in the end. Like it does every time. Right? And we look at it and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. You know, and then we move on. And then, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened again. Right? And the next thing you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it happened in my life. It's because when you saw it happen to somebody else, you didn't put any safeguards in your life to keep it from happening in yours. We look at all these families get split up, these divorces happen, all these different things, and we're like, I can't believe that would happen, right? You know, I love my wife. My wife loves me. That'll never happen, right? But we never put any safeguards in. We just keep doing the same thing. Ah, oh, won't happen. Ah, oh, it won't happen. What? Well, you've been doing what? Right? So you got to put safeguards. You do. And I'm not just talking about marriage. I I like to use marriage as an example, but it doesn't matter what it is in your life. If you see it happen in other people's lives, don't think that you're better than they are. I promise the devil knows how to make you fall. Like this is a really good example of it. Achan knew after Jericho, like the spoils were theirs knew like it was already a known fact like as they went into these other towns the spoils they got to split them up between themselves it was just jericho it was just the first battle that they were consecrated to the lord man the devil got in his head man you deserve this you've been working hard i know you'll get more later but don't think that you're too good don't think that you're too holy right i promise you think you're holier than now you're going to fall even harder Right? So anyway, that's that's what I got. I know it's kind of like, man, that's kind of rough. Maybe that's how we need to end the book of Joshua. There's a lot of victory in obedience. There really is. If, if you're just simply obedient, God will bring victory in your life. But guess what? If you're simply disobedient, yeah, maybe this is the way to end it. Because it's, there's truth in it. And I know. I know from my own life. Like, If there's sin going on, you need to take care of it. And I know in a, in a room this size, there's probably something going on somewhere. I don't know. And it might be something little. Or it might be something. I don't know. Get it taken care of, right? You gotta be walking holy. And that only comes with a fellowship with Christ. Alright, let's pray. Uh next week we're gonna kinda do a little intro into First Corinthians and uh I'm really excited about it. There's some really basic just back to the basics handles of our faith. Like I'm I'm excited about Corinthians. I think it'd be good for us. Not because there's something going on in anybody's life, like that. That's why I'm excited because I don't think there's anything like major that I need to talk about. So let's pray, Father. I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for being good to us, Lord. I Thank you for your Word, uh, Lord. I thank you for just this uh, kind of short study that we we just jumped off into in the Book of Joshua, and uh, Lord, I do pray you got uh, glory through it. And there's a lot of things that went on, and um, Lord, I do pray that. Uh, you were you were glorified. I pray that your word was uh, taught boldly. I pray that you know, decisions were made, that families were changed, that lives were changed. And Lord, I pray as we endeavor into the, the book of 1 Corinthians that we would uh, just be wise uh, to learn uh, from those before us. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray that you just bless Pastor Brian as he preaches today, uh, that you would just get the honor and glory from it. And I pray again for uh, just Miss Betty and uh, the, the, the daughters, Lord. And I pray that... Uh, you just give them peace, knowing that uh, there's truth in Your Word and that Wayne is in uh, a much better place, Lord. So uh, we just thank You for uh, being good in our lives. pray You just bless the rest of our day. Uh, allow us to be lights in a dark world. In Christ's name, amen.